0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the David & David on Real Estate Podcast. We are on podcast number 105, and we're here with the Ash Alice Group. Ash Alice, you're the number one team at Sutton Summit Realty for many years in a row. Welcome back to the David & David on Real Estate Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
2: Last time, sorry, last time we talked about the team building and team leaders, fabulous information, Ash, and uh, you're inspirational just in your role, as your growth just as an agent and then developing a team. And now we want to dive in a little bit about some of the success you're having as a team and, and on a personal level about you know what you do and, and what people should be doing in terms of investing yeah. in real estate. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to share. And this is an important topic,
0: right? Because, you know, as a broker owner, um, realtors don't have a pension plan. They don't have anything to really fall back on. And, you know, a lot of agents do a great job to win for their clients, but it's time that agents learn to take a W for themselves, right? So I think more agents need to really look at our real estate market and look at investing in real estate through a different lens. And that's the lens of you know, taking control of their own finances, of building a nest ed and making sure that, you know, when it comes time to retirement, that they're able to be in complete control of their finances. And very quickly, I want to share a story. And I share the story a lot, but I'm going to keep sharing it because I, you know, I, I want to get this point across to all the agents out there. Ash, I I remember a couple of years ago, I had, you know, a a really big veteran agent come into my office. I I don't want to mention names, but he was well into his 80s. And he sat across the desk from me and he told me about a new listing that he has coming up. So, you know, I put my broker cap on, I leaned forward. I'm like, yes, you know, you have a listing. Congratulations. And the agent looked at me with this puzzled face and he said, no, David, you don't understand i don't want to be trading in real estate i don't want this listing i'm taking this listing out of necessity i'm taking this listing because i have to i have no money in my bank account you know i'm in over my head with debt and and i need to take this listing to make sure that i'm okay at the end of the month and that hit me like a pile of bricks you know as a broker owner I, i i couldn't believe this a really successful agent. He's mentored agents before. He's been around for a long time. You know, he practically wrote the book on listing presentations, you know, uh, I I was shocked, but that really hit me like a ton of bricks. And, And I swore to myself as a broker owner, I'm going to do whatever I can to empower agents, to think about real estate in a different way and to make sure that they get in the game and they get in the game early on so they can take control of finances. So this is, this is a very, you know, dear and dear topic to my heart. And I love the fact that we're talking about this and Ash, I I want you to, you know, share your experiences, share some numbers and and really help um, you know, our listeners understand um, you know, what investment means to you first and foremost, but how you kind of handle investments and how you, um, live and, and, and preach and how you kind of do this on an everyday basis.
1: So let, let me start by saying, you know, in my past life, before I became a realtor, I was worked at a bank and I have financial planning background. So, you know, when I joined real estate, it was a financial planning background along with real estate. Guess what? We're we're, we're hitting the, the path of real estate investing. I did own a couple of real student rentals when I started out. So that was kind of my experience and that was the reason I got into real estate. I kind of fell into this, not knowing too much about investing. However, today, after 40 years, I've been an investor now for about 20 years. Okay, so I, my first property was probably 20 years ago, exactly now. So uh, I have a fair amount of experience and, you know, you say, what is investing? And investing to me is, um, you know, having my money worth for me, double, triple time, what I could do while I'm sleeping, while I'm playing with my dog, while I'm taking my daughter for Halloween, while we're sitting on the beach, my money is working for me. And if you look at all the different investment vehicles out there, stocks and bonds and Bitcoin and this and that, and the safest investment, the safest, is real estate, okay? That is the safest investment. And yet, when you run the numbers on a basic buy and hold property, your yield is about 30%. Three zero percent. Okay. And that's crazy. Stock market, the average return is five to seven percent over 50 years. Real estate is 30. A lot of people think about Appreciation as the way to make money, and oh, the market's going up, I made money. The market's going down, I lost money. I'm never going to be an investor. That's like the stock market. That's like a roller coaster. That's not investing. Investing is for the long term. Tenants are paying down your mortgage. There's some appreciation built in. There's tax write-offs happening. Uh, there's the mortgage being paid down, and then the property grows in value. And all of a sudden, you're building yourself an income stream. So when you're not working, You have tenants pay your mortgage. Your tenants are funneling your lifestyle. Um, One of the analogies I like to use is if I want to buy a new car, if I want to send my kids to private school. Okay. So let's say I want to buy a car because I'm in the process of looking at doing that right now. So a car, let's say $50,000. Okay. Let's let's use that as a number. I have no idea what, what it is. But the way I would do it is I would take, Instead of going and dropping fifty thousand on a car, I would look to buy a property that would generate enough money to pay so so let's say the lease on this car or the loan or whatever is five hundred, eight hundred, a thousand dollars, whatever it might be, thousand dollars, I would buy a property that would generate me a thousand dollars of cash flow to pay for my car. So my car is free. And when you start having that investor mindset, the world changes. And that is how I structure my life. So when I say I'm going to buy a car, what that means is I'm going to buy an investment property. Love it.
0: It's uh, it's the Robert Kiyosaki Rich Dad Poor Dad way of thinking. You know, like yes, the first time the first time I read my bo- that book many many years ago, it completely changed my perspective. Um, not not really changed my perspective, but it reinforced the way I think. I'm like, wow. There's other people like I'm not crazy to to think this way, right? So it yeah, was more of yeah. a reinforcement, but um, a valid validation of, of, of the way I think as well. But if you haven't read that book, reach that for that. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna change your life in terms of how you think about investments uh, as well.
2: As you talked about your buy and hold and and the growth of investment and the advantages over time. But you've also had some success, so the other like with more of a buy and flip, and turn properties over. So maybe give us, uh, tell us a story about about your successes that way. Sure. So I do have a buy and
1: hold portfolio, um, and and you know when as as realtors our income is, you know you think traditionally it's selling homes, right? So with the knowledge you have the buy and hold portfolio, so I do have a few properties under there. I will. All, I also have a property management company that will manage a select few properties. Again, another income stream. Okay, uh, and then I've started flipping homes as well. So that's been sort of a seven-year. I've been flipping homes for about seven years. I so will roughly flip about four to six homes a year. Um, I have two crews, so I need to keep them busy because their prices are pretty um, pretty good. Because I keep them busy a lot of the year, and and yeah, um, so. You know, let's. You guys want to hear numbers or?
0: Yeah, tell us. Tell us what you're working on right now. Let's, and, and I mean these are real numbers. I know you shared. You actually sent me the listing before you bought it. Um, you bought a house That's in right. Glen Abbey, and you yes. sent me the listing. And, and this was recently. This was like, um, about four months ago, maybe. You sent me the listing.
1: No, no. That, that was a different house, but we. I, I bought another one about two months ago. Maybe it was four.
0: Sorry, you might be right. yeah, I, I think it was well. about four months ago. You sent me the listing. You said, David, what do you think about this property? And the property was a detached house in in Glen Abbey in Oakville, and I think they were selling it for under a million. Um, and you asked me my opinion, and I said, listen, detached house in Oakville for this price range, it's a no-brainer. I don't even care what it looks like, right? It's it's it's, it's a it's a no-brainer. So, so tell us about that property, when you bought it, what you paid for it, what your rental costs were. And I just before we started the podcast, you shared with me that you sold it. So we're going to get the full 100 degree uh, view.
1: Sure. So let me start with how I found that property. It was actually listed exclusively. Um, so another realtor had it on exclusive. I was driving by with my daughter in piano class and I saw the exclusive. I gave the agent a call. She's like 950. Okay, it needs a lot of work. Now, I didn't need to see the inside of it, but I know that nine fifty was a great price for a detached home. So, on the spot, I made her an offer for a price uh, and I said, I want it. She's like, Do you not want to see the like, no. this, is, this is, These are the terms. Go ahead. Sorry, a couple questions. Did you yes.
0: refer to the co op side of the commission?
1: Yes, I did. So, Smart. she represented me on that deal. I, I wanted the deal. Okay, yeah. so great question. I didn't fight for the, the commission on this. I was like, you represent me. And she didn't understand that. Like, she was an older agent. She was like, what game am I playing?
0: This mistake when they buy properties from themselves, right? They want to get the benefit of a two and a half percent. But what they don't understand <laughs> is that, you know, and I can't she believe this is a podcast, right? <laughs> but you, you have to incentivize the other realtor to to work with you. You know, just like any other client and they're going to work twice as hard to represent you in that transaction because money is a motivating factor here, right? So it's all about grabbing the dollar and letting go of the penny. Right. You have to have that mentality. If you're an investor, if you're investing in real estate and I do this all the time, the first thing I say when a property is listed, you know, far away or, or even if it's an exclusive uh, uh, listing, I say, look, I'm the broker owner, but I want you to represent me. And they're always shocked by that. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, because it's, it's your listing. You're the area specialist. And, and, and I want to get this deal done. And they're like, yeah. Okay. What? It helps to it helps to, to get the deal done.
1: Yes, so so that is what I did exactly to the peak. Um So we closed on it uh, about eight weeks ago. Um, I had my crew ready to go. Um, so again, purchase price was nine fifty, give or take nine thirty. Nine thirty was the number, I believe. Okay, nine thirty was the number. Purchased, closed about eight weeks ago. Rental costs uh, about eighty thousand dollars. Okay, which is very cheap for everything that was done. The whole house was overhauled. Okay, uh, rental costs. So now we're at about a million and 10 total cost. And um, at the time when I purchased it, I was hoping for 1.3 at the time. Now we're going into summer. But you know, I know markets are changing and at the time I knew markets were changing. So at the time of listing, now, 1.3 was very high. Okay, like it really, wasn't really, really realistic. But at the time of listing, I was hoping for 1.2, which is a a really good spread. Okay, so again, 950 purchase, 930 purchase price, about 80,000 in reno's, some carrying costs in there, land transfer tax. You need to build all that in. Um, and I was hoping for 1.2. Eight things on the market. I, I did a price reduction to 1.169. 1.17 let's call it and i got a, i got multiple offers and i sold for full price so you know what eight weeks of work it's not and you, bad
0: and, and you had a full six-figure salary that most people take 52 weeks
1: yeah. to, to earn. It, it, it was sli- it was slightly under six figures once you build in carrying costs and whatever but but it's eight weeks and you know what I didn't do the the drywalling or anything I, I didn't do anything. Like I I found the house, I made the deal, and then the rest of the team goes to work on it.
2: And then I Press, put it up for sale. i I'm impressed you got the rental done that fast too.
1: So again Because if you had like, to sit on it
2: for six months till you can get the rental done, you know it adds to your cost and everything, right? It totally
1: adds to your cost. So this is where the experience comes in. So as doing more, you know you you close depending on when your crew is ready to step in. And you and you already have the crew most people have to if you're doing your first one you have to shop around you know does this guy do it does the second guy do it but I I know their pricing and you know they we're good so when I call them they're ready to go on November 1st closing date or whatever it might be right so um so that helps so all that comes with experience the first one it's a little harder because if they don't know you you don't know them but then the second second time you do it so easy because if they ask me what color the paint is you know what i say? same as last time if they ask me how which base to buy same as last one what color is the toilet same as last time so guess what all of the work is done like it's pretty you know i'm exa- I'm, I'm exaggerating when i say everything the same as last time but but it takes out 80 percent of the work so it's much easier to replicate duplicate and keep going um so yeah so those are the numbers on the flip and in fact, I actually sold two flips. One was supposed to be, and this is a crazy story I'll share with you guys. I bought it last year, November, to, November of last year. So literally, sorry, September of last year. It was in Hamilton, and that was a dead market back then. Okay, it was like doom and gloom, world's falling apart. So I bought it for five sixty at the time. It was supposed to be a flip. Bought it for five sixty, did minor work. Let's call it six hundred thousand. I was all in. And I li- remember listing it for seven ten in December, seven twenty, which should have warranted that number. It didn't sell. And then, you know, I was thinking about it, and all of a sudden I said, you know what, I'm not going to sell this house. It's a two-story, huge lot. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to keep it. And I'm actually going to convert it into a triplex and add a garden suite in the back. Okay, so I was, this is the plan. So now... I wasted money on on renovations, right? Oh, you know what? But I'm an investor, so I look at the big picture. So I decide to renovate this, get permits, and we triplex it. So we just triplexed it literally a month ago. I still haven't put the garden suite in, but on the triplex, the revenue on this $560,000 property unit, a location is $75,000 a year. Reunits, $75,000 a year. You can also drop a garden suite. And you'll get another 30 grand. So $100,000 revenue. And I got a whim here in last week, two weeks ago, and I decided to put it up for sale. I'm just like, yeah, what the heck? Let's just put it up for sale. Put it up for sale. I sold that too. So that's gone. I bought it for $550 or $560. I spent about $250,000, $200,000, let's call it, on all of this carrying costs for a year and change. Renovating and so on, so let's call it seven fifty, round number, and I sold it for a million, just over a million dollars last week. Also, not bad. Now the new buy, the new buyer can put the garden suite in themselves and whatever. But that's a long flip. It's a totally different model. You need it's high risk. You need to have pockets to be able to um to take that on. I guess. But the plan was to keep it, but last minute I just needed to sell it because I needed some cash, whatever it might be. So that that's what I did. Um, it was funny. I was on a, on, a, on a YouTube segment like this two weeks ago, and I was talking about that property with the other, the other he's also a realtor an investor. and he said, why don't you sell it? And I was like, yeah, why don't I? And I sold it right? That, that's literally why I decided to sell it um, but nevertheless, that is another stream of income. Now, I also want to tell you, because as realtors, you know, you're going, well, oh, that's great, lots of money. But you know, you know the back of this, that back part of the story. So when I put up that house for sale in Glen Avenue, for example, guess what? I get to put my sign on the lawn. Uh, I get to knock the neighbors. My team gets to do open houses on these. We get sign calls. People call and say, hey, I want to see your house. These are leads, right? So don't forget the, the, whatever the word is, the
0: exponential is, effect.
1: The exponential effect of putting something up for sale. I'm creating inventory. So to all those people saying, you know what, there's nothing to sell. Well, create your own sale. And that's what I'm doing here. Yeah, I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm selling it. I'm going to save a little bit on the commissions because I'm a realtor. Um, but I'm creating my own inventory. And hopefully I double in. And this is the part that's big, okay? So whenever I do a flip, I will advertise it to my, my database, okay? And I'll say, David, I'm doing a flip, okay? I'm buying it for this price. It's closing next week. Come, come follow along, David. I'm going to show you how to make money. Because David never wants to do a flip. again. ah, oh, risk, I've seen it. So David comes in the house. He sees it as a dump. He shows up every week. And then he sees me sell it for whatever. What do you think David does next week? I want to do this too. And now I have a client. Okay. So there's a reciprocal effect or compounding effect, whatever the word is for all of these things. Right? So yeah, sure. I get to make some money at the end of it, but I want to find clients to feed my agents so they can take those clients up and teach them how to flip. And if they do a flip, guess what? They're buying and they're selling very quickly. And if they make money, they're buying and selling again. So you've got say four or eight deals in a year if they're able to turn it that quickly, and that is why. I
0: think, uh, I think the next step is to you know have a camera crew follow you around and and start an TV show because <laughs> you know when I when I whenever we talk whenever I, I hear your story and how passionate and how much you love and how entrenched you are in the real estate world, um, I absolutely love it. You know, and I think every agent should bring this type of value to their clients. You know, yeah. we, we we are consultants like, you know, a lot of agents look at themselves as transactional based. I completely disagree with that approach. I you know I you know, when I when I look at, you know, professionals out there in the, in other industries, I think if you do your job correctly. You know, I think you're up there with, you know, the lawyers, the accountants, the financial um, advisors. I think if that's the type of value you give to your clients, you are going to generate clients for life. You know, think about how how quickly you're moving the needle and what kind of impact you're making in their lives. Like what other agent? They're, they're going to be loyal to you forever. They're going to say, you know what? you won't believe what ash alice has taught me to do and how he moved the needle on a a big way and impacted my finances they're going to tell everybody they're going to follow you for life right investor clients are are not emotional they look at the numbers they're always looking for their next deal right and investor clients become retail clients as well meaning that you know every three to four years they also sell their primary residence. So not only do they transact for deals, but every four to five years, they also sell their primary residence and they're always going to be coming for you. And Ash, you've seen this time and time and again, everybody that you help get into the upper echelons, you know, they, they do a couple flips, they invest they into some buy and holds, they start making money, their portfolios start growing. What do you do next for them? They sell their $2 million house and now they're buying three million dollar
1: house Exactly. you know you look
0: up for more transactions with them now they're
1: buying a four million dollar house so... so yeah this is 100 right so you know you don't need to always go find new clients you can work your existing client base teach them how to build wealth build the wealth for them and you know what that'll result in multiple transactions in investment properties you can sell a few of them right um, and then take it a step further. Teach them how to do joint ventures, right? Again, you know, the bank's can say, oh, you can't qualify. Well, let's partner up. Now, for all this stuff, you, you know, it, it's not like, oh, joint venture. Well, what is that? I don't know. But you know what? I'm doing all of this myself. I partner with clients, right? I have partners and clients, and we do these projects because they want to be a part of my thing, and I'm like, let's partner up. So we do that. But you got to learn it. You've got to be doing it to be able to share the knowledge, I think. And, and it's, you know, as opposed to selling, whenever you can say, I also do this. Here's my buy and hold. Here's my flip. Here's my this. Here my. And then you kind of figure out what they want to be. They, they know they're not just talking to a salesman. They're just talking to someone who's actually doing it themselves. And there's a big difference in that. Um, there's, there's a huge difference in there,
2: right? This is brilliant, Ash. I want to just tie a little bow on this because our first episode with you, episode 103, we started off talking about the market. And to some people, it's a woe is me market. It's a down market. What are we doing? How am I getting deals? How do you make a living? And we've now gone from that. And now in this episode, you've shared a brilliant plan. How it doesn't matter what the supply is in the market. You can create your own supply. You can create your right. own transaction. You can create a network of transactions right. by the simple Ash Alice plan of investing. And I think it's brilliant. It doesn't matter what the interest rates are. It doesn't matter what the supply is out there in the general market. You can create your own market. And I and I really appreciate you sharing that with everybody. And I hope everybody that watches, listens, takes it into heart and is inspired by this should be. We don't have to wait for interest rates to go down. We don't have to wait for there to be more supply. No. I gotta watch this episode ten times and, and make notes about what Ash told me to do. Because
1: because think about it, Dave. most people will go, "Oh, the market's going down; flipping is not a good idea." You know what? They might be right, but you're in and out in the same market. You're you you know you're buying and you're selling within a month or eight eight weeks if you can. So you're kind of in the same market, and as a realtor, you need to know. It's easy for you to find out what is the value. So. It's not a big risk is, is how I look at it anyway, okay? Um, as long as you understand the market, yeah, it's going to go down. Like I said, my first one, I was hoping for 1.3 because I'd like to make all of that. Realistically, I was pushing one, two. I didn't even get it, but I got one one seven, one one six nine. It's good. It's still good because you know what? You don't have to hit home runs every time. It's the base hits that add up. I'm doing four to six of these a year. So let's add up those little little bases, right? So at the end of the year, there's another revenue stream um, that you're using. And guess what? Real estate agent. I have access to all that information, having access to all that number, and I save a little bit on commissions. Build your team. Listen, if you want to flip. You don't have to flip. You can start a buy and hold strategy and uh, teach people how to do the burr. Buy, refin- renovate, rent, refinance. We do a lot of that as well and then teach them how to show them you're doing it yourself and then they're going to follow you that's what i'm
0: yeah i think as an industry we we have to switch from a transactional base to a consultant's approach that's and that's good. how we're going to add a lot more value you know i'm i'm speaking at the kathleen uh, black team summit on november 7th and you know, this episode is probably going to air after uh, after uh, my my speech is done. But that that's what, you know, I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about, you know, how do you add value to the majority of the population who haven't made a buy or sell decision, right? Yeah. Because realtors market all the time to that 3% of the population who is in the market to buy and sell. And there's 96,000 realtors competing for that very small part of the market. But the average person doesn't care about your just listed or just sold or your market updates because they're busy living their life. So what value are you going to bring to that? 97% of the population where your advertising is completely missing the mark, right? And I think if you can bring them this sort of value, if you can show them how to level up their finances, if you can show them how to really invest for the long term and create wealth through real estate, Then you're going to you're going to be that professional of choice. Your messaging is going to hit the mark and, you you know, you're going to get into those untapped opportunities that 90 the majority of 96000 realtors are completely completely missing the mark with.
1: Yeah. And if people are looking to learn how to do all these things, you know, David, you have a perfect program, right? And that's where you go to all of the different types of investments out there. That, that's it. That's where you start. If you're if you're overwhelmed by what I just said, go watch David's show. Um, your program. Sorry, I forget what it's called, but it's a great program.
0: The real estate investment specialist designation through the REI Institute. You know, and I'm so passionate about this, Ash, and and you know, it, it's it's for exactly all the reasons that we discussed in this episode.
1: Yeah. So, that's where you learn it all. Pick one and go run with it. Ask.
2: Create your inventory. Create the next team building. And and just uh, one last comment from me on this. There's one other team building concept that goes on here too. Okay, you're the realtor. You're the one you know driving the bus here. But you've got to get your financing place. You've got to have the right mortgage broker available. You know to do these type of deals, whether it's buy and hold or you're buying and flipping, like short term. Uh, financing, whatever you need, construction finance. You got to yep. have the right team there. You got to have yep. the right team available to go and do your renovation when you need it done because the timing's critical there. Yep. So you're building that team as part of the success here as well. Needless yep. to say, you've got to have a good uh, lawyer to get your transactions closed on time. Yep. I don't know if you if you recommend anybody for that, but 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 the important well, thing is you're, yeah. <laughs> you're you're a it's team builder. Start with the baby. But yeah, but you're a team builder, and, and that's part of the, you know that's a different team you're building. But you have to have that right team in place as well.
1: Yeah. And and you know what, David, you know you spoke about mortgages, and a lot of people get stuck right there. They're like, well, the bank's not going to lend me any money to flip, and the banks don't like to lend you money to flip. They they don't like it. But you know, as you understand, and you're like, okay, I, I can make a hundred thousand dollars at a six percent loan, or I could get. Private money, oh, 10, 12%, forget it. There's no way I'm paying 12% to anybody. All right, well, instead of making a 100, you're going to make 90 or 80, but you got to pay 12, 15% private money. And people get stuck there. They're like, I don't want to pay 15%. So you don't want to make $80,000? Like, so pay 15%, pay 20%, you'll end up with 70 Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people get stuck there. So there is private money out there and you definitely need lawyers to help you structure that.
0: Um, but, yeah. And, yeah. and was, there's two sides of the coin to that conversation. Cause I I was recently talking to one of my really good friends who's a really big private lender, you know, and he confided in me and he's like, David, you know, I lend people all this money and yeah, I make amazing returns. But he's like, everybody I lend money to, they, you know, five X what I make on them. And he was it's kind of a funny conversation because I mean, this guy makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, right? But when yeah. he looks at what what those people do with his money and how they're able to you know take his money and five exit in the market, yeah, yeah. But even though he makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on them, you know saying, David, like they you know they're not using their money. You know, they have very little risk other than their name attached to to the paperwork. And, and yeah. they're 5Xing, you know, their return. So he was kind of confining in me saying, my God, I'm on the wrong side of this. You know, I should be on this side of the coin, not on this yeah. side of the coin. So, you know, I, I think it's it's all mindset. It's like flipping a switch. When you flip that switch yeah. and you start understanding, you know, these these concepts, it's so easy to build wealth, right? But if 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 you're always going to be, you know, mining that penny, you're not gonna see the hundred dollar bill that's just around the, the the other side of the corner, right? Okay. And and that's the whole point. It's all mindset.
1: Hundred percent
0: Yeah. Ash, thank you so much for joining us. This is an unbelievable episode. Probably one of my favorite episodes. Uh, you know that we did just because I think we just you know really unpacked so many uh, so many uh, so much awesome information. Um, and, and really just kind of, you know, tied a bow on it, like David Cortman said. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you for being so transparent with with, with everything. And uh, for the people that are listening, please reach out to Ash. Take him out for lunch. Pick his brain. You know, Ash has a wealth of experience, and he's always been willing to share. So, Ash, thank you so much for coming on the show. Very proud of you. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. And uh, you know, I I hope that everybody has been inspired just like I've been inspired on this episode.
1: Amazing. Thank you,
2: David, and thank you, David.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks so much.